listener production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Wednesday, the 27th of April. More than 6 million Australians will receive a one-off payment of $250 in their bank accounts from today to help ease the rising cost of living pressures. The federal government payment was promised in last month's budget and will go to pensioners, carers, veterans, job seekers, some self-funded retirees and concession card holders. It comes as key inflation numbers are released today with speculation they could be the highest Australia has seen in 15 years. That will also put further pressure on the Reserve Bank to increase interest rates. Cost of living and inflation continue to be key election issues. Labor MP Jason Clare telling Channel 7 wages need to increase and Labor has a plan. Wages have gone backwards. When Bob Hawke got elected Back in 1983, he got business and unions together with politicians called an economic summit and was able to develop the policies that helped to create 30 years of uninterrupted economic growth and and boosted wages. What Albo said is, we'll have a full employment summit, the same sort of thing. But Federal Finance Minister Simon Birmingham has hit back, arguing the coalition are better economic managers. The problem is that Anthony Albanese is no Bob Hawke. Anthony Albanese is fumbling and stumbling over the economy whenever he gets asked a question. He doesn't have any of those big policies that Jason was talking about. In fact, he doesn't have any policies at all. All he has is an idea for a meeting. Meantime, aged care workers are heading to the Fair Work Commission today as they fight for better paying conditions. The Health Services Union is seeking a 25% wage increase. As thousands of students head back to the classrooms across the country this week, state and territories are enforcing different COVID rules. While Victoria has scrapped masks for primary school students, in South Australia, those in years 7 to 12, teachers and visitors will still need to continue wearing masks for the next month. In WA, from Friday, masks will no longer be required in many indoor settings and capacity limits at many indoor venues and proof of vaccination status have also been scrapped. Here is WA Premier Mark McGowan. doesn't mean that we're fully out of the pandemic, but it does mean the baseline measures in place are going to be much reduced, have much less impact on people, but still provide that core level of safety for West Australians across the state. But some top medical experts are concerned about COVID complacency as restrictions continue to ease across the country. Vice President of the AMA, Dr Chris Moy, says it's vital people are up to date with their COVID and flu vaccines. As the first people that got their boosters of vaccination, their vaccination sort of immunity slightly drops off. We need new people to replace them to keep that overall community vaccination level up. Get your COVID shot and also as we head into winter, get your flu shot because this is going to be a hairy time over the next few months. Overseas now, and the UN Secretary General has travelled to Moscow to meet with Russia's President and Foreign Minister. It comes as the Minister Sergei Lavrov warned the threat of World War III breaking out is real and serious, adding you can't underestimate it. Meantime, North Korea's leader has issued a warning during a military parade as it showcased its military might, including a banned intercontinental ballistic missile. Kim Jong-un gave a speech vowing to ramp up North Korea. Korea's nuclear arsenal. 
Now let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground. To New South Wales and thousands of teachers will walk off the job next week demanding better pay and working conditions. For the first time in decades, government MPs will also be banned from entering school premises. Our reporter Michaela Savage has more from Sydney. Yep, that's right, Tosh. More strike action has been scheduled for Wednesday next week. Not much has really changed since the last time teachers launched industrial action, so they're walking off the job again to call on the government to step in. They want more competitive pay packages, an end to staff shortages and a more manageable workload. Teachers Federation President Angelo Gavrilatos says they've been left with no choice but to go on strike again. We regret uh, the disruption that will be caused, but the disruption caused on this one day pales into insignificance compared to the disruption caused every day where thousands of classes are left unattended because of a teacher shortage. He says COVID has only exacerbated problems that already existed and needed to be addressed. To Victoria now and new rules are being introduced, making it more difficult to get access to strong opioid painkillers like codeine and oxycodone. Doctors will now have to consider administering less addictive drug options when patients are leaving hospital, even after surgery. Our reporter James Lake has the details from Melbourne. Well, anyone who's come out of surgery, Tash, will know the relief some of these incredibly strong painkilling drugs can give, but their worst side effect is being highly addictive. It's been several years now since opioid-based painkillers stopped being available over-the-counter in pharmacies, and this is the next step in reducing their prevalence. More than 2.5 million Aussies have some form of surgery in a public or private hospital each year, and 50,000 of them are becoming hooked on these painkillers. Sadly, prescription opioids are also being linked to at least 900 deaths a year. Now for the latest in business and finance news, we're joined this morning by editor-at-large at CanStar, Effie Zahos. Effie, good morning. Now, how long could many Australians survive without an income? New data shows it's just 22 days. I know, it's concerning, isn't it, Tasha? It does come from a TIVA and it's an automated online financial advice service. And this data from them shows that as many as 4.1 million Aussies are under the financial pump, up 10% since the start of pandemic. And as you pointed out, it is 22 days, but they broke this into two categories. So households who have no safety nets, so no savings, nothing they could kind of sell like shares to help themselves and no government support would survive only 22 days if their income was suddenly to stop. Then the other set, households who have no financial safety net but did receive some type of government support could last around 21 weeks if their income was to suddenly cease. It was interesting to note, Tash, that affluent areas, for example, let's say Rose Bay in Sydney's eastern suburbs, now it's considered, uh, you know, some of the least financially pressured households in the countries. When you remove their financial safety net, they could survive around 11 weeks if their income was to suddenly cease, which is well below the national average. And look, as the cost of living continues to rise, and dare I say, a possible rate hike, maybe mm. even next week, maybe May, um, now is the time to make sure you do have safety nets in place. And talking about new data, this is really interesting as well, Effie. It looks like a few of us may tell a couple of fibs, maybe even allegedly stretch the truth when it comes to buying a home. 
Yes, I always find this data interesting. It's UBS's latest liar loan. It's in the papers everywhere this morning. Um, and unfortunately, ANZ didn't come out too well. Um, more than half of you mortgage borrowers with ANZ made misrepresentations in their loan applications in the second half of 2021. And as I said, they've been doing this report for a while. I think this is the seventh one, and it covers about 860 Aussies who secured a mortgage between July and December 2021. And while there were plenty of borrowers who overstated their financial position, like you said, maybe stretched the truth, it was good to see there was an overall drop, but still not huge. Um, about 37% made misrepresentations this time around as opposed to 41% in 2020. Now, if you are caught out lying on your applications, there are a number of potential consequences, including having your loan rejected, and you definitely don't want this if you're about to settle. If it's an innocent mistake, like you forgot to mention you got a credit card, and this is then picked up during the application process, more than likely the lender's going to say to you, hey, pay this off, you've got to close the account before I approve the loan. If it's a serious one, though, and it's discovered after settlement, the lender can actually recall or pull back the loan, meaning you would have to pay out the entire loan within 30 days, and that could result in a forced sale. So probably best you don't stretch the truth. Yeah, always a good idea. Thank you, Effie. Thanks. Time for Sport Now with Brett Thomas and Brett Novak Djokovic can now defend his Wimbledon title despite not having a COVID vaccine. Yes, good morning, Tash. That's right. Uh, Novak can uh, take part at Wimbledon this year, the defending champion and the world number one. Of course, missing out on the Australian Open, deported, and then uh, was blocked from playing at Indian Wells and Miami Open due to, due to uh, vaccine mandates in those uh, for those particular tournaments in the United States, but that's not the case in the UK. The All England Club says it will go with the UK government's advice, which is that uh, vaccines, while encouraged, are not mandatory. So Novak Djokovic will play at Wimbledon this year. Very interesting development there. And Brett, in the NRL, it's admitted the refs got it wrong by not sending off a Roosters star on Anzac Day. Yeah, Danielle Tupo's uh, high shot certainly has fired a lot of people up. Uh, why he wasn't sin-binned or indeed sent off against the Dragons on Anzac Day, especially when there's such a focus on protecting the head, the NRL's head of football, Graham Annesley, uh, spoke about this yesterday. It's a misjudgment. It's a, it's a miscall. And sometimes people under pressure make uh, bad judgments. The last thing we want to do as an administration is we don't want to be putting in place situations that encourages players to lie down. And the winger has accepted a one-match Ben. And the AFL now, Bretton Collingwood and Carlton will be without key players for up to three months. Yeah, they've both lost a big man, their Ruckman. Uh, Brody Grundy hurt his PCL, which is the dreaded Ruckman's injury, knees clashing with knees uh, against the Bombers on Anzac Day. And then Mark Pitnett, who is the Blues Ruckman, uh, will be out for up to three months as well with the same injury. Still uh, back at the Magpies, Nathan Kruger is hoping to avoid surgery. He hurt his shoulder again against the Bombers. I don't have surgery to probably be about a month of, I reckon, probably good good strengthening and, and work done. But if there is surgery, then obviously there's that two weeks of healing and then the other process that runs with it. Now, Dustin Martin is expected to train with uh, Richmond again today. They face the Eagles on Friday night. The Age reporting this morning he's unlikely to play in that game, but to Triple M's chief footy reporter Damien Barrett says that fitness won't be an issue. If he's going to come back to the club, he'll be wanting to play, won't he? So, yeah, he, while he's missed 
you know, more than a month, he's still going to be in reasonably good nick. So, yeah, I wouldn't be ruling him out. The only thing is, Jim, he's got to jump on a plane, which is another issue, I think, with soft tissue if you haven't played for so long. So, Dusty, very close to returning to the AFL. Cannot wait. Thanks so much, Brett. Thanks, Tash. And the famous Wiggles have come to the rescue after a two-year-old was trapped in a drain in South Australia. The little girl's mum couldn't get her out and called triple zero to get help before playing her daughter's favourite Wiggles songs to help keep her calm. Here's one of the rescuers, Seamus Schutt. Had a bit of the Wiggles on, so we were just singing along, trying to make it as uh, calm for her as possible. I'm a father, so my Wiggles days are over, but I did remember a few of the songs. How good is that? Firefighters took around an hour to rescue the toddler before she was reunited with her very relieved mum. And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's morning agenda. In your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning, you can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and we'll see you tomorrow. Listener.